At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. There's a lot happening these days, but I have just the thing to get you up to speed on what matters without taking too much of your time. The 7 from the Washington Post is a podcast that gives you the seven most important and interesting stories, and we always try to save room for something fun. You get it all in about seven minutes or less. I'm Hannah Jewell. I'll get you caught up with The 7 every weekday. So follow The 7 right now. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste, or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products, because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Guys who run these organizations who talk about analytics, they have one thing in common. They're a bunch of guys who ain't never played the game and they never got the girls in high school and they just want to get to the game. Welcome to VEASAN's Hardwood Handicappers. As you guys look at me, you see the backwards hat, the uh, gray socks, the funky outfit, and you say, now this guy's a chump, am I right? Now, now here's your host, Jonathan Von Tobel. All right, welcome back. It's Hardwood Handicappers, the second hour. I had a good first hour. Thanks to Aaron Renning at ER Sports 1 Up on Twitter. Give us some time at uh, about 3.30 p.m. Pacific time. You can check out, of course, this conversation with Aaron of bevisoncom slash podcast once this is up. Both the Hardwood Handicappers feed and the Best Bet feed will have the two hours of the show. Uh, Giannis Antetokounmpo has hit the bench, and the Bucks have popped the Bulls in the mouth. 27-15, they lead. 3-0-1 left to go in the first. Uh, I was interested to see um, the Giannis Antetokounmpo list minutes for the Milwaukee Bucks, but it's a short-lived stint on the bench. He is back out there with the Bucks up by 12. So, again, uh, the Chicago Bulls trying to find any little edge, which they can. I think winning the minutes in which Giannis is not playing is going to be one of them, um, but those are going to be short-lived. Giannis has, of course, been getting ready for this and plays short stints of the regular season for a pretty good postseason run, so we'll see if uh, the Bulls can make any headway there. But right now, Milwaukee Bucks doing whatever they want, both offensively and defensively against the Bulls. Offensive rating for the Milwaukee Bucks right now in the early going, 150 to 83.3 for the Chicago Bulls. Gives you an idea of this thing's going at this point. Ooh, Nikola Vucevic, though, getting dirty with an offensive rebound. Okay, with that, let's move on. I want to go back to Saturday really quickly. So I made, I teased it. Let's talk about it. The death lineup, potentially, for the Golden State Warriors. Uh, so a really good win for Golden State, 123 to 107. Uh, and I, when I wrote about this up on the website and talked about it on the podcast, too, it, and we, it was a good episode with Kelly previewing these first-round series, which was just like Kelly Bidlin. 
Um, you know, you, I couldn't really find a path for the Denver Nuggets in this series to potentially win it. They maybe be competitive in certain situations, but it, it's just, it is so dependent, the, the, uh, the Denver Nuggets status, on how well Nikola Jokic plays. And it's not even just like how well he plays. It's playing at a godly level while the other guys around him don't give him much. And you saw in that game against Golden State, Golden State, Kevon Looney, and others did such a brilliant job of making it just tough for Nikola Jokic. Whenever he caught the ball, sending bodies at him, Kevon Looney is big enough and strong enough, sturdy enough to at least do a pretty good job in forcing Nikola Jokic just to hit some tough hook shots. And even if he hits him, that's fine. It's just forcing him to do that and not, not allowing him to get too comfortable and get some of those layups to go in. It's just forcing him to score from a little bit more distance, forcing him to work a little bit more. And how many times do you see it? Just your mind's eye going back to that game. Jokic just working through. I mean, there was a possession against Looney where he's just bumping and bumping and grinding, bumping, and finally gets a bucket, but it took him a good 12 seconds of the shot clock. It was just such a physical toll on him. And if he's not performing well, you can't trust the rest of this bench and the rest of this team to perform at a very high level in any way at all. You know, Will Barton was fine. 24 points was 10 to 16. But look at the rest of the performances from this team for the Denver Nuggets. You need more out of Aaron Gordon. Aaron Gordon in this series in the regular season averaged nine points per game on less than 40% shooting. Yesterday, Aaron Gordon, eight points, three of 10, 0 of three from three-point range. You need more from Aaron Gordon. Monty Morris, 10 points, four of nine, one of five from three-point range. You need more from Monty Morris. And you're just not going to get, I mean, you're not going to get it from the other positions. So you need it from at least guys you would expect. They were part of one of the more effective lineups in terms of net rating on the season, but that was because one Nikola Jokic was out there on the court. It's just tough. And we're going to talk to Chad Andrews coming up here in 30 minutes, get the the, uh, down low on what he believes the uh, prospects are for Denver. I thought it would actually potential had the potential to be a six-game series. You know, one of those where, like, Golden State, you know, kid takes, like, a 2 nothing lead and they close it out on the road, whatever it is. But ultimately, it doesn't look like that's going to be the case. I think I'm going to be wrong. This might be more lopsided than initially thought. And here's the deal. One... Steph Curry didn't even start yesterday. He had to come off the bench because of this injury. You'd expect he's going to be fine. All of the words afterwards where everything feels great, positive, should be fine for the starting lineup when you get to game two. The other is the death lineup that we mentioned. Steph Curry, Steph Curry, Jordan Poole, Clay Thompson, Andrew Wiggins, Draymond Green. Those five on the floor yesterday for the Golden State Warriors. They played for five minutes against Denver. In those five minutes, the Warriors outscored Denver by 14 points. That's a really effective lineup. And I saw I put a, a, a Dieter Kurtenbach, who I'm going to talk to on the edge tomorrow, but who covers the Warriors in the Bay Area in terms of sports 49ers as well, put it that, you know, Andrew Wiggins doing his best Harrison Barnes impression and as a positive. The Harrison Barnes, who, who was part of that really effective team when they first came onto the scene, the Golden State Warriors, playing that four who could just hit corner threes, his super switchable defensively. Andrew Wiggins was great in that role yesterday, continues to be. The fact that you have three guards who can come off screens and shoot the way that Poole, Steph Curry, and Thompson can. Thompson's playing some of his best basketball of the season as he starts to get more comfortable. Yesterday, 19 points, 7 of 15, 5 of 10 from three-point range. But that guy, Jordan Poole, man, Poole was fantastic yesterday. 29 points, 9 of 13, uh, 5 of 7 from the floor. These non-garbage time minutes against the uh, Golden State Warriors, or excuse me, against the Denver Nuggets. Poole was brilliant in all areas of the floor offensively, hitting threes, pull up, uh, like getting off of the bounce and getting so quick when he's attacking off of the dribble. And when you have those three in your backcourt, you have switchable pieces defensively in Wiggins and Draymond Green, it's going to be a problem for a team like Denver. Yes, you have a size disadvantage against Jokic, 
doesn't matter when you're able to get him out in space and make him uncomfortable on the defensive end of the floor, and you can defend very well with the other pieces. Now, as you get to game two, and we'll talk more about the adjustments in a little bit, but game one, six and a half close with a total of 223 and a half. Now you see the adjustment Warriors seven with a total of 224, depending on where you look and shop for your numbers. Uh, this Warriors team, you're going to continue to see, like this is one of those where you see the adjustment by the betting market and you understand it because of the outcome of the first game. Not so much like that Memphis and Minnesota game that we're talking about where the team loses by double digits is pretty at a disadvantage in some situations from a matchup standpoint. And yet the market's like, not only are we not going to adjust, we're going to make the power rating even higher, even though it's a half point on the team that lost. This makes some sense, but Denver up against it. We're going to get more from Andrews coming up at 15, but uh, you do not like the chances of the Denver Nuggets coming into it before the results of the last game. And now that the Warriors have kind of unlocked this new lineup here and it looked as effective as it did, not only are the Nuggets in trouble, uh, but I got a ticket on the Phoenix Suns at 7-1 to to win the NBA Finals. Uh, you stretch out the cow a little bit because it does look like that's, uh, again, it looked like it before it started, but that looks like a potential uh, Western Conference Finals matchup that's going to be very tight, and the Warriors look like they're in really good form after one game in the postseason. Now, let's talk about the Philadelphia 76ers because we haven't given them much time at all, and they deserve it because that was an incredible performance from the Philadelphia 76ers yesterday. Uh, a absolute just blowout. 131-111, the final score between those two. Philadelphia ends up winning, of course, and covering is a four-and-a-half-point favorite against the Toronto Raptors. Oh, boy. You know, it's there's always, like, the conversation of, like, when you make a bet, would you rather get blown out or lose to the gun? And I kind of liked watching this yesterday. Just, you know, I took four-and-a-half with Toronto. I've got them before the series started at plus 165 to win it. Uh, but at least you, you just rip the Band-Aid off, right? At least it's not this slow burn that you had to watch the whole game, sweat it out, and, oh, my God, am I going to lose it? Am I going to win it? No. I got, pop, I got popped in the face immediately. They were competitive for a while in the first quarter and into the second, but ultimately you saw where this game was going. But how about this game? In non-garbage time for the Philadelphia 76ers, an offensive rating of 151.8 against the Toronto Raptors. Joel Embiid yesterday, only 19 points and 15 rebounds, but his presence was immense, was awesome on the glass, just sucking in multiple defenders and kicking it out to guys. James Harden with a cool 22 and, uh, 22 and 14, the 14 being assists. But how about this guy? And I think, really, look, I'm invested in him to win most improved player at 150 to 1. He ultimately did not make finalists in terms of it. But Tyrese Maxey, it's a travesty that he doesn't even make it within the final three for most improved player. And for a performance like this and what he did yesterday, he is officially the third best player for the Philadelphia 76ers. And yesterday, with 38 points, 14 to 21 shooting from the floor, he pre-showed exactly why he, I think, deserved to be in the running for that award, but ultimately not the case. Maxie's incredible. And now we look at the Toronto Raptors side of things, and we know about the story here, which is their depth and the injuries moving forward. Nick Nurse and the Raptors officially listed Thad Young, Gary Trent Jr., and Scotty Barnes as doubtful for the game on Game 2 against the Philadelphia 76ers. Uh, X-rays came back negative for Scotty Barnes. Today, he's uh, set to undergo an MRI. Haven't seen anything, at least in terms of the results of that MRI, so we'll see if that comes down while we're on the air. But this was a team that was probably going to run seven deep in the postseason, eight or nine if the uh, the game went well, and they got to put some guys in with, uh, with a blowout that was in front of them. But now we're talking about an extremely short rotation for a, we'll call it, a somewhat short team, at least in terms of size for the Toronto Raptors, now getting severely damaged with both Scotty Barnes and Gary Trent Jr. on top of Thad Young potentially not being available for Game 2. And look, Gary Trent Jr. was not good at all in Game 1. But I am always I always steadfast in this when it comes to the NBA postseason, which is you play a best of seven for a reason. 
you don't throw the baby out with the bathwater to use that term after a one-game result, which is why, like for Denver, I use the terms it looks like, it seems, it tell you right, because you just don't know after a first-game series. It's the same thing with that Memphis and Minnesota series. It's one game and a best of seven. Anything can happen. Look at the Clippers last year falling in 0-2 holes, back-to-back series, and winning both of those series, and one of them being without Kawhi Leonard. So it can look bad after two games. It can be bad after one game, but ultimately the series can flip on its head with a couple of victories. And to give at least, like, one sliver of hope for the Toronto Raptors in this game against the Philadelphia 76ers. It was an otherworldly game for Philadelphia on the offensive end of the floor. And I would think, to a certain extent, somewhat unsustainable. For example, Philly added, added 11.4 points per 100 possessions through transition. They had a transition rating of 190.9. They were running. That's not Philadelphia. That's not what they do. And yet they were. They were running, and they were running successfully. But yesterday, Toronto still, in a blowout loss, an offensive rating of 126.2. I think you feel somewhat good about that. And the fact that you look at this in terms of the uh, of the rebounding, I think they're going to get killed there, but they still shot the ball well from beyond the arc, 12-27 in non-garbage time minutes. There are small positives here for Toronto. But ultimately, when, I'm, when you're sitting in my position, took the four and a half in game one, got plus 165 for the series, and not only did you lose in a blowout fashion, but Scotty Barnes is injured. Looks like he's not going to play in game two, and neither is one of their premier uh, uh, guards in Gary Trent Jr. So doesn't look good, but again, we'll always stress this, you play best of seven for a reason, folks. Nothing is as bad as it looks until the series is over, and that means for the other sides as well. So keep that in mind as we move forward. All right, we'll come back. Uh, we have plenty of lines and numbers up for the next games in the series, and let's get to Atlanta, the no-show against Miami. Can you take anything positive away from that? I'll try. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. There's a lot happening these days, but I have just the thing to get you up to speed on what matters without taking too much of your time. The 7 from the Washington Post is a podcast that gives you the seven most important and interesting stories, and we always try to save room for something fun. You get it all in about seven minutes or less. I'm Hannah Jewell. I'll get you caught up with The 7 every weekday. So follow The 7 right now. This is Colin Coward from The Herd with Colin Cowherd. Angie's list is now Angie, the nation's largest home service marketplace. They're here to help homeowners get all their jobs done well. Angie has helped over 150 million homeowners care for their homes. Whatever your home project, big, small, indoor, outdoor, come to Angie to connect with and hire skilled pros to get the job done well. Listen, I've got a couple of things in a bathroom in my house. Gotta get it fixed. I don't have time, and I'm not good at it. Angie is. With just a few taps on the app, you can have Angie tackle your home service project start to finish. With over 200,000 pros in their network, Angie makes it easy to research, compare, and hire pros to ensure a job done well. With 29 years of experience combined with new digital tools to simplify the process, Angie makes completing home projects really easy. It's your one-stop shop. Angie can help you find the best price for your project by comparing quotes from multiple pros in just a few taps or book services at an upfront price based on local data. 
They get the difficulties that can come with home projects. They get it. Why not make it as simple as possible? Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot Or download the app today. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow The Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening. This is Colin Coward from The Herd with Colin Cowherd. Angie's list is now Angie, the nation's largest home service marketplace. They're here to help homeowners get all their jobs done well. Angie has helped over 150 million homeowners care for their homes. Whatever your home project, big, small, indoor, outdoor, come to Angie to connect with and hire skilled pros to get the job done well. Listen, I've got a couple of things in a bathroom in my house. Gotta get it fixed. I don't have time, and I'm not good at it. Angie is. In just a few taps in the Angie app or clicks on the site. You can have Angie tackle your home service project start to finish. With over 200,000 pros in their network, Angie makes it easy to research, compare, and hire pros to ensure a job done well. With 29 years of experience combined with new digital tools to simplify the process, Angie makes completing home projects really easy. Renters, you can use Angie too for moving, installations, or cleaning. Angie can even help with extremely specific projects. Just tell them what you need, and Angie will find the right solution for you. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com, or download the app today. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway, and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to VEASAN's Hardwood Handicappers. Now here's your host, Jonathan Von Tobel. Prove your fighting spirit with the Playoffs Challenge presented by Modelo. Play free fantasy hoops in the eight-part contest series and compete for your share of $4,000 per contest. Head to DraftKings.com slash Modelo to get in on the action. Modelo, prove your fighting spirit. All right, we have reached a uh, stoppage 
in game one between Milwaukee and Chicago. As I mentioned, right? Not everything is as bad as it looks. Milwaukee, 36-25. So the Bucs um, up, but only by 11. It looked like maybe they were going to be able to run away with it, but Chicago still sticking around with plenty of game left to go here. Uh, update from an in-game standpoint between these two. Bucks 14.5 with a total of 224.5. So we're about four points up from that opening number. Or excuse me, from the closing number. Pre-flop in this matchup. All right, let's go to what we watched earlier today in the Game 1 series. I'm, I'm still excited for it, by the way. I think Atlanta-Miami still has some intrigue, despite what happened earlier um, on this Easter Sunday. A slaughter on Easter. Not very good. The final score for Miami... A 115-91 beatdown of the Atlanta Hawks. Uh, 119.8, the offensive rating for the Miami Heat in this game. Really good performance. Uh, from a shooting standpoint, Duncan Robinson uh, having an absolute, I don't, even, I don't know if you want to call it a breakout because we knew about Duncan Robinson why he got paid. Robinson was fantastic off of the bench, though. 27 points, 9 of 10 from the floor, and 8 of 9 from three-point range. Uh, Hawks just re- refusing to put a body on Robinson. And I don't like they were defending him, but I mean, even off the ball, guys were like two feet off of him and allowing him to run off the screens and get some space. A guy like that, you just need a sliver and he's up and he's firing. And the Hawks just refused to adjust on that. And overall, really good shooting night from Miami. Uh, 18 to 38 from three point range, 47.4%. PJ Tucker, four of four. Uh, Kyle Lowry, two of four. And you just go down the list of these guys. They shot extremely well. Now, as we kind of look at this going forward here for the Atlanta Hawks, what you take away from it is something that's a little interesting because the one thing that kind of bothered me with the Hawks in watching this game was they were so slow in half-court sets to start running anything, to get into their offense. We're talking about like burning seven seconds for dudes to find position in the paint so they can just set up like a pin down for DeAndre, for, for, uh, for DeAndre Hunter who then would just like jab step into a mid-range jumper from the free throw line it was really odd to watch that. And it was also odd, and, and the Heat did a great job here. At the beginning of the game, you could tell Atlanta, you know, they are going to, especially with Trey Young, who is brilliant at it. He did it to Larry Markinen over and over again on Friday, which was just hunting for that mismatch. And in the beginning of the game, they went after Struis as much as possible. But the Miami Heat did a great job of not allowing that to happen in terms of switching guys and just making it so that it was really hard for Trey Young and others to find Struis when he was out there on the floor, especially at the beginning of this game. But I think that's where you start here with Atlanta. Because we could talk about, yes, um, Clint Capella being missing. You didn't have that lob threat. There were a couple of game, a couple of plays in this game where they went to John Collins for a lob, and it wasn't really existent. Uh, it looked a little disjointed. Collins got off to a poor start, and overall, well, he did put in some really good minutes. Looked like a guy who hadn't played basketball for a while, and that's going to happen. But I think, to me, it just comes back to that half-court offensive execution for Atlanta and being able to execute that at a little bit of a better rate and also shooting the ball better. Uh, Atlanta, especially in that first half, and wrote this down, just five by my own observation, but had some open looks from three that just did not go down for them. And they were good open looks. And Miami is going to allow you to shoot the three. Now, they're very good at allowing the guy that you don't want to shoot the three as an offense to shoot it, but still... There were offensive possessions in which those three-point shots were there. Bogdanovich in the first half missed a wide-open corner three. Uh, DeLon Wright missed a corner three, a wing three that was open. Also refused to pull the trigger on one earlier in the game as well. Um, but you have to hit these open shots if you're going to get them against a team at the defensive caliber level of the Miami Heat, and that did not happen for the Atlanta Hawks. So they ultimately, in that game, closed as a seven-point underdog, six-and-a-half-point underdog um, against Miami. And we're starting to see these numbers get popped back up again here on the market. Uh, for the uh, Miami Heat taking on the Atlanta Hawks. And actually, no, excuse me, I haven't seen anything yet, so we'll see if we can get a number on that. Uh, but the series, 
has been adjusted here a little bit, and rightfully so. Uh, the Miami Heat deserve to be overwhelming favorites, not only after being a pretty sizable favorite the first um, before this game even tipped, before game one, minus 750 over at DraftKings for them to win this series, Miami Heat, against the Atlanta Hawks. But I think the Hawks can still be very competitive, even without Clint Capella, but it starts with that half-court offense and being able to execute at a little bit higher uh, of a higher level and just running your stuff a little bit more efficiently. And even McMillan said it after the first interview, which was like, hey, like, we got to run our stuff a little bit quicker. We can't just get off the first look and jack up a shot. That guy, Danilo Gallinari, by the way, that you're seeing if you're watching the broadcast, had some really choice words uh, after the game for Atlanta, just saying, like, I, I just I don't understand why we weren't ready. And think about this, too. I mean, this is consecutive games now in which this team has come out off to a slow start. They did it in both playoff, play-in games. They're doing, they did it again here in game one. But this is Danilo Gallinari after the game, quote, I have no idea why we were not ready. We're supposed to be ready. It's game one of the playoffs. You've got to be ready. There's no other way to approach a game like this. I honestly don't know why we weren't ready, but we better be ready for game two. It's pretty pointed words for a dude who's been playing in the league for a long time. So you'd expect a better effort from Atlanta in game two, a better better effort offensively, and more energy in terms of running their sets in the first half and in that game overall. But I was really surprised by the stagnant nature of them. But the other end of it is Miami's just really good, man. Like Miami, in terms of their half-court defense, is really effective. If they want to, they could take advantage of you in transition situations. And that led me to the other point here, which was like if there was like a small sliver of bright hope here uh, or of hope here for the Atlanta Hawks, it was that in transition, they were pretty good. Offensive rating in transition to 150, which is really solid. They added about 3.6 points per 100 possessions to their offensive rating through transition. Off of live rebounds, too, they did most of their damage. That the problem is you got to play good half-court defense and get rebounds to get off of live rebounds and into transition. They didn't really do that that effectively here against Miami. And you wonder if the shooting starts to calm down, of course, for Miami as you move forward into the series. Duncan Robinson, again, going to go 8-9 from three-point range. There's a reason why Duncan Robinson's coming off of the bench now, and not only because teams like to pick on him on the other end of the floor, but because from a shooting standpoint, from an offensive standpoint, uh, fell off a little bit. Guys like Struess provided a little bit more for Miami throughout the end of the regular season. So it, it comes down to shooting for Miami, how hot that is, and how they maintain that going forward, and how the Atlanta Hawks maintain their you know, improve their half-court offensive efficiency because it was not good in any way whatsoever in this game earlier today. For them. So with that, let's start to take a look at some of the games that we will see, of course, starting on Monday, and we'll get into Tuesday, too. But let's start uh, with Toronto at Philadelphia. So the opening number here is Philadelphia minus 6.5 for Game 2 with a total of 220.5. So right away, the opening number, you get the two-point adjustment from Game 1 that closed 4.5. Now it's upwards of 7 in favor of Toronto. Some spots even uh, are starting maybe to show 7.5. And I would think that even if they're not at this point right now, and there's uh, no, it's mostly 7s right now, I would say this. There's a straggling six and a half out there. Would not be surprised to see that six and a half turn to seven and the seven and a half turn, or excuse me, the sevens turn to seven and a half and even higher, especially once it's officially announced Scotty Barnes is not going to play. The market operates like this. Uh, it'll be baked into the number that a guy like Scotty Barnes or Trent Jr. or Gary Trent Jr. aren't going to play. So you get it shaded a little bit higher, the two points, and then it's going to be officially announced that they're not playing and the market's going to react even more and it's going to get to like eight or maybe even eight and a half by the time we reach tip off uh, for game one. But going back to what we talked about here, if you're if you're playing devil's advocate and you're looking at this from the perspective of what did Toronto at least do somewhat well, is that their offense still did operate at a really high level in that game against Philadelphia. That they could still run up and down the floor against a team that came into this 28th in the regular season in defensive efficiency in transition. That it's not really going to be a team that likes to run up and down the court for the most part, but they did in game one. Again, this is the devil's advocate part of this for the Toronto Raptors, but... 
if you're not going to be fully healthy, if a guy like Scotty Barnes and even Gary Trent Jr., who was god-awful in that game in game one, isn't going to be available, there's only just so much you can overcome if you were already a team that was going to come into this with what was essentially a, a seven-man rotation. So Toronto's got their work cut out for him here. Again, you lose this second game down to nothing going back home. Not the worst situation in the world. The cliche goes uh, that the series always begin, only begin when a road team wins. So we'll see if uh, maybe Toronto can still steal home court. If they get this and split this and go back to Toronto with the win, then things change. Because remember, now Matisse Thibel is not going to be available for those games. Uh, but you do, you do realize that Toronto is a little up against it here and why the market has adjusted as much as it has for that game. Now next, Utah-Dallas for game two. Utah opens up five with a total of 204. We mentioned the adjustment on the total, right? It was the first total for game one close to 08. Now we're down to 204. Point spread stays essentially the same there uh, with Utah barely getting by the Dallas Mavericks that first time around barely covering as a five and a half point favorite. So it reopens five here for game two. Not surprising that there's not a massive adjustment. But going back to what we talked about for that game one matchup, which is I just Jalen Brunson isn't going to become six foot seven all of a sudden. And, and, and that's kind of the big deal here. The Utah Jazz are going to be comfortable guarding him one-on-one. And unless he can consistently punish guys like Jordan Clarkson, Donovan Mitchell, Mike Conley, in terms of beating them off of the bounce and getting clean looks within four feet of the basket, or getting within the dribble penetrate, getting in with uh, getting dribble penetration uh, consistently and kicking it out to shooters because then drawing help defense, unless that changes, the defensive game plan for Utah doesn't really need to change that much. And then you ask the question, too, uh, Donovan Mitchell in that game had a really poor shooting performance. Um, is that going to happen again against the Dallas Mavericks? I think you can make the argument that to a certain extent it does. Dallas did end the season really strongly since the beginning of the calendar year, one of the best defensive teams in the NBA. But I just think this comes back to Spencer Dinwiddie and Jalen Brunson being able to uh, execute offensively, especially in half-court situations where the Jazz really struggled at times, and specifically in their series last year that they lost to the Los Angeles Clippers. If Luka Doncic isn't going to play, which, again, remains highly doubtful that he's going to be available for game two, uh, then you just don't really see the positive here for the Dallas Mavericks, who lost home court with that loss over the weekend yesterday to the Utah Jazz. All right, let's get into this Denver and Golden State series. We'll do it from the Denver perspective. Chad Andrus out of Denver joins us next. Hardwood Handicappers. Now here's your host, Jonathan Von Tobel. Hey, the draft is out here in Las Vegas, the NFL draft that is. We have extensive coverage. Matt Humans has multiple mock drafts. Michael Lombardi, former NFL GM, is going to give his draft analysis. That VEASAN host Mike Pritchard, former first-round pick, former quarterback Sean King, and give you insight you can bet on. Legendary sports broadcaster, voice of the Vegas Raiders, Brent Musburger, draft best bets and more. VEASAN.com slash spring, 19 bucks. Get it now. All right, let's welcome in Chad Andrus, host over at 104.3, the fan out in Denver. Have a lot to get to with the Nuggets. Uh, Chad, I will ask you this. Is this the first time in history that a single player has had to take on five all by himself in the NBA postseason? Um, probably not the first, if you ask various fan bases, but it's it's certainly maybe the most daunting, right? Um, it, it's going to be an uphill battle for Jokic, and I think um, what this does showcase more than anything for you know people who who really understand the game and understand what he brings to the game, they're going to see what kind of a team he dragged 
to 48 wins on the season uh, and into the playoffs and out of the play, and they're going to see that up close and personal. And then, of course, the others who are, are just going to look at the numbers and, and the results of the series are going to go, see, I should told you, you shouldn't have been MVP, right? And, <laughs> and that's just the way it's going to go. So I, I'm really curious. I wanted to start with one player specifically. You don't want to blame anyone because the, the rest of the cast around him really struggles. Uh, but in the regular season, Aaron Gordon averaged like nine points. I think it was like 34% shooting from the floor against Golden State. Uh, last night, again, is, is a total no-show there from an offensive standpoint. Misses all three of his three-point shots. Doesn't really provide much in terms of being a cutter or a finisher. But what's been behind the struggles with Gordon here? You know, at times last year with him and Murray and Porter, they looked incredible, and Gordon was a really good contributor. And now, like, what is it about Golden State that has really bothered him? Uh, I think it has to be, and it almost has to be, the responsibility that he has on the defensive end when it comes to the Warriors. Because the last month, six weeks of the season, Aaron Gordon got back to playing bully ball and being Aaron Gordon, using his strength, his athleticism, really attacking the paint and, and dunking on people, being that cutter, being that role man where he's just attacking the rim. He was getting to the free throw line. He was scoring and he was being an effective number two offensive option to Jokic. And he did that for a good four to six weeks. But I think when it comes to the playoffs, not having Murray, not having Porter there to help pick up that, that offensive load, it's just too much for Gordon to carry when you're asking him to either chase Clay or chase Steph or chase Jordan Poole around an entire game, the way those guys move and cut and run around screens. Um, you know, he's a bigger guy, and he's, he's having to play those smaller shooters. And I think asking him to do that and carry that much of a load offensively is just too much. All right, so yesterday, uh, only eight points on 310 shooting, uh, five rebounds for Aaron Gordon, plus minus a minus 11, and it wasn't good all the way around. And, and Jokic, too, I think a lot of, to your first point, Chad, a lot of people are going to be like, see, minus 19, wasn't good. Uh, the way they made him work, and this is what I want to ask you, because Jokic was solid, 25 points, 10 rebounds, six assists. But I, I made this point at the beginning of the show, which was if you watched him on a possession-to-possession basis, the, the one possession, I think it was in the second half, Chad, where he's just got Kevon Looney on him, and he's just working and working for like 10 seconds to get a really tough shot to fall. It seems like that's on, that's every possession, but like what have the Warriors done here defensively with him? Because I, I wanted to give Looney credit Looney for the most part, like he's not going to hold them to, you know, 33% shooting from the floor, but he's going to make every single bucket pretty tough. Looney, I think has done a really good job defensively on Jokic. Yeah, he, he did probably the best job uh, that he did all season yesterday. And uh, I don't think for a second that it's not completely related to Draymond being back and being in these games because Draymond did not play in any of the regular season games. And look, we, we all know he's not going to win defensive player of the year, but he's the best defensive player in the league, right? I, I wrote about this the other day. Jokic's mastery offensively and the way he sees the game, reads and reacts, and no one has an answer for it. Draymond may not be the equivalent of that, but he's as close as you get on the defensive end, right? Draymond yesterday would be on, on Jokic, and he would see the play develop, and he would leave Jokic with the ball and start moving to the cutter because he knew what Jokic was seeing and where he was going to try to go, right? So, so whether it's Draymond's influence on Looney, whether it's Draymond's influence on the entire defense, right? The, the battle of basketball IQ between Jokic's offensive wizardry and Draymond's mastery of defense is by far the most interesting part of this series because once you get past Jokic, the Nuggets just don't stack up with, with what Golden State can throw at them. They just they don't have the, 
They don't have the ammo in the chamber, right? Um, but watching those two head-to-head in that matchup and the way Jokic can see the game develop and Draymond can also read it defensively, that's the most fascinating part of the series to me. Yeah, and I don't think – I mean, maybe you could speak to this. Maybe there is a strategy there for Denver. But I came into this series not expecting much from the Nuggets' offense – or excuse me, from the Nuggets' defense. Uh, since the beginning of March, 21st to non-garbage time defensive efficiency, 117.8. You saw yesterday how poor it could get. We're going to get to that new death lineup for Golden State. Uh, but to me, like the series is just, if they're going to be competitive, it's all about this offense somehow turning it around, right? And, and getting something out of other guys, not named Nikola Jokic, because I don't think their defense is slowing down Golden State, no matter what five is out there. No, and, you know, you saw it for about the first 16, 17 minutes or so last night where they were doing okay. But that final 421 of the first half, it went from 43-40 Denver to 58-47 Golden State, and it was as soon as they went to the new death lineup, right? As soon as they put Draymond at the five, spaced them out, Denver, you know, their heads were spinning. They cannot catch up. They cannot play fast enough. They cannot stay in front of anybody when Golden State moves the ball like that and has those shooters on the floor. And that's been the problem for Denver all season. They have one above average on ball defender and that's Austin Rivers. So how many minutes can you play Austin Rivers mm-hmm. in any type of playoff series? And everybody else, they can't stay in front of anybody. So when you put Wiggins out there with Steph and Clay and Poole and Draymond, you know, Denver's just gonna be cooked every time they face that lineup. So uh Steph Curry, Jordan Poole, Clay Thompson, Andrew Wiggins, Draymond Green, uh those five on the floor for five minutes against Denver, Nuggets outscored by fourteen points. Uh, is this the new death lineup you think for the Warriors? Is this the Hamptons five lineup? Is this what we've seen from the Warriors in the past where they were making their championship run? Because on the surface, you can understand why it really works. I, but of course, we've seen a very limited sample size of it. Looked damn good yesterday, though, Chad. Yeah, I mean, in this series, it, it certainly is, right? Um, because Jokic has to be on the floor to give Denver a chance. But the way that that lineup can space the floor and move the ball with the pass, there's no way that Denver can keep up and stay in front of them. So, you know, it, it's version 3.0 of the death lineup, right? It's not the original uh, version, and it's not the KD version, but you take Wiggins and his athleticism, and he's what maybe Iguodala was on the original version with the athleticism, not as much playmaking, right? But you still have Draymond there as the linchpin, right? And anybody who's paid attention to this team, whether it was the five straight Western Conference championships or, or any other playoff runs, Steph is most effective when he's on the floor with Draymond because of Draymond's ability to screen, Draymond's ability to be the short roll man, and Draymond's ability to pass. So Steph has to do less off the dribble. Steph is most effective when he can run people around screens and he can catch and shoot. And when they go to that Steph lineup and Draymond can be the main facilitator of it, that is where Steph flourishes. And then when you add Poole and Clay out there with, with Clay running in the form and Poole just being fearless in his first playoff game, yeah, it's, it's without question the new Death lineup. So game two, I'm going to go down tomorrow. Seven-point spread with a total of 224.5. Side or total, what do you make of the game two matchup? Uh, it's hard to find a lot of positives for Denver, right? Going into the series, I wrote that beyond Jokic, on paper, there's nothing that's going to jump out you and scream that they have an advantage. And it was exposed last night in game number one. You were hoping, if you're a Denver fan, that maybe Steph came back a little rusty or Poole didn't perform in his first playoff game and you had a chance to steal it. They had no shot. They got blitzed at the end of the first half and they got run over. Uh, what was interesting to me is I did the post game show last night with, with Hall of Famer George Carl, 
And he was focusing on the Nuggets and Malone and staff. Ooh, we lose him. Right in the beginning, right in the middle of a really good answer, it seemed. Looked like we lost Chad Anders. Oh, well, it's Eastern. Let him go out and enjoy the rest of his day. I won't put words in his mouth. All right. Uh, update really quickly, because in, in Chad, I mean, it, it sounds like we kind of echo one another in terms of the uh, future of the series and what needs to happen. It all focuses on the, oh, you still got Chad? Chad, you want to finish that up? We got 90 seconds about uh, what Carl said yesterday on your broadcast. Okay. I, okay, I'm hearing screaming in my ear, so I would assume that that's not the case. It's all right, guys. Tell Chad happy Easter, and uh, thanks for coming on. Uh, we, <laughs> no, it's good. It's good. All right. So anyway, I think we're in agreement there. And this game two line where you talk about the adjustment to seven uh, with the total, uh, and now right now 224 and a half, uh, to me, it just comes down to whether or not the other pieces around Jokic are going to be able to operate. And I think the points about Draymond Green and the way that he's been playing defensively, not only down the stretch, but the way he finally kind of opened up in that game and what was happening there uh, for the Golden State Warriors, man, it was an incredible performance. And it's hard to see Denver stick around in this series for any longer than five or potentially six if they could pull it off. When you have a guy like Jokic, an MVP candidate, a guy who should be winning a second consecutive MVP, uh, things are uh, things are always open for a team like that. Speaking of always being open, uh, this game, which looked like, hey, man, they're going to run away with it. No, 50-43, to 43, the Bucks up on top of the Chicago Bulls. In the waning seconds here, Pat Connaughton's going to get a three from the right wing that's not going to go down, and we are going to go to halftime. No, we got a tenth of a second left, 50-43 to 43 between those two. We'll come back, wrap it up here on Hardwood Handicap. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. This is Colin Coward from The Herd with Colin Cowherd. Angie's list is now Angie, the nation's largest home service marketplace. They're here to help homeowners get all their jobs done well. Angie has helped over 150 million homeowners care for their homes. Whatever your home project, big, small, indoor, outdoor, come to Angie to connect with and hire skilled pros to get the job done well. Listen, I've got a couple of things in a bathroom in my house. Got to get it fixed. I don't have time and I'm not good at it. Angie is. In just a few taps, in the Angie app or clicks on the site. You can have Angie tackle your home service project start to finish. With over 200,000 pros in their network, Angie makes it easy to research, compare, and hire pros to ensure a job done well. With 29 years of experience combined with new digital tools to simplify the process, Angie makes completing home projects really easy. Renters, you can use Angie too for moving, installations, or cleaning. 
Angie can even help with extremely specific projects. Just tell them what you need, and Angie will find the right solution for you. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com, or download the app today. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350-plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. This is Colin Coward from The Herd with Colin Cowherd. Angie's List is now Angie, the nation's largest home service marketplace. They're here to help homeowners get all their jobs done well. Angie has helped over 150 million homeowners care for their homes. Whatever your home project, big, small, indoor, outdoor, come to Angie to connect with and hire skilled pros to get the job done well. Listen, I've got a couple of things in a bathroom in my house. Got to get it fixed. I don't have time, and I'm not good at it. Angie is. With just a few taps on the app, you can have Angie tackle your home service project start to finish. With over 200,000 pros in their network, Angie makes it easy to research, compare, and hire pros to ensure a job done well. With 29 years of experience combined with new digital tools to simplify the process, Angie makes completing home projects really easy. It's your one-stop shop. Angie can help you find the best price for your project by comparing quotes from multiple pros in just a few taps or book services at an upfront price based on local data. They get the difficulties that can come with home projects. They get it. Why not make it as simple as possible? Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com or download the app today. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350-plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo play. Welcome to VEASAN's Hardwood Handicappers. Now here's your host, Jonathan Von Tobel.
Compete for cash, even if you're not an expert, with the FTX Playoffs Prediction Challenge. Join this 16-part prediction pool series. Play for your share of $80,000 in total cash prizes with your playoff hoops predictions. Head to DraftKings.com slash FTX now to get in on the action. FTX, the number one pick for crypto. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. You guys know what a blockchain is? All right, so let me explain the concept of blockchain. Uh, all right, we have a lot to get to here in the last couple of minutes. Our halftime score, good sequence at the end uh, for those halftime bettors who had laid it with Milwaukee at the break. They closed as a six-and-a-half-point favorite in the first half. They end up winning the first half by eight. 51-43 the score there. Well under the first half total. On pace for an under here as well, so we'll see what the second half brings us. Uh, but grinding to a halt in the second quarter, the Milwaukee Bucks offense, 22-17, to 17, the Bucks won that quarter. So after scoring 34 in the first, you barely get over 15 in the second for Milwaukee. See some changes. Uh, some leaders at the break worth mentioning. Giannis in the first half with 17 points and 11 rebounds on 7 of 11 shooting. He's plus 13 in his minutes out there on the floor. Uh, Chris Middleton doing a good defensive job, not so much in terms of scoring. And for the Chicago Bulls, 20 minutes for DeMar DeRozan, 4-12 from the floor, somewhat inefficient, but gets to the free throw line four times and ultimately is the leading score for Chicago at 12 points. And among the starters, best in terms of the plus minus minus five. But I will say this, uh, we mentioned scoring for the bench. You still need it for Chicago. You only got five points from your bench in that first half. But of the players that got out there, the bench overall in that first half, a resounding plus five in the minutes for the bench. So that's always a positive. It's a big reason why in that second quarter, they were able to get back into this one against Milwaukee. Not that they were really out of it. I think the biggest deficit uh, in looking up and down uh, was about uh, 14, 15 points for the Chicago Bulls. Uh, really quickly, circling back to that um, Golden State and Denver series, just a moment. I wanted to bring this point up with Chad, but we ran out of time because as is the same with the Clippers, right? The Clippers for the longest time, it was like, hey, watch out, Kawhi Leonard, he could come back. Ben Simmons, we get the report today uh, that he's going to ramp up the practice activities this week and get on the court and potentially play some five-on-five five and get ready to return to this series against the uh, Boston Celtics. Oh, this is from a report from Adrian Wojnarowski of ESPN. Uh, quote, Jamal Murray has been scribbaging with the Nuggets for a couple of weeks now. He looked good according to all eyes on him in Denver, but he's going to have to make a decision that he's going to play in this series. But for Jamal Murray, a little like Ben Simmons, the Nuggets hope if he were to play, they could get 15 minutes out of him to start could he be somebody off their bench who could come in and start to do a little more each time out? But the Nuggets are also content to allow Jamal Murray to simply just come back for training camp next year off this injury. There's a lot of pressure in terms of the fan base over at Denver, kind of pushing for Jamal Murray to come back in this series. Michael Porter Jr. was quoted the other day as saying he would not close the door on a return in this series himself. Remember, he's off of the floor as well with an injury all year long. So, again, it's out there. Murray's been medically cleared, and if it sounds like you don't want to say this because it makes it sound like – because I hate the discourse around players and injuries. It's very easy for all of us to say, come on, come back, play, uh, when your first action would be playoff action, which is really intense, as we can see. These games are a lot more physical. While the fouls are getting called, still a physical brand of basketball. Uh, For that to be your first example and taste of basketball after a a year uh, off, it's a big ask for guys. So I'm not one to say that guys should play, but he's been medically cleared for a while, and this has been the pressure situation for a guy like Jamal Murray. You come back now, try to help out a team that clearly is up against it against Golden State and make a run here at a title, or do you uh, worry about next season and getting your body 100% as opposed to maybe even 90 85%, whatever it is, um, and get ready for this uh, for the next year. So, again, that's out there. Hasn't been officially ruled out, Jamal Murray. Neither has Michael Porter Jr., um, but as we heard from quotes, it doesn't really sound like these guys are going to be available for this series. So with that, a really quick update for those who weren't with us in the first hour. 
and um, didn't weren't privy uh, to the preview that we had on this New Orleans Pelicans game. Uh, just to update the number on where we're at, because this number continues to move around. Phoenix down to a 10-point favorite, and now multiple shops popping up at 9.5 in favor of the Phoenix Suns with a total of 224. So again, uh, the, uh, the thing here is the initial move was actually to the Phoenix Suns. Got it to as high as 11, uh, now down to 9.5, multiple shops, one of those being the Westgate, the other being BetMGM, with that total down to 224, 223.5. The total is a big move there to the under, but it does seem like the underdog Pelicans are getting some support at the window as we get closer and closer to tip-off. And I do think from a uh, perspective of a matchup, I think it's pretty poor there for the Phoenix Suns. And generally, when you talk about, and I'm going to talk to odds makers about this as we talk about playoff basketball, but when you talk about line movement in NBA games, and this is frequent throughout the regular season in the NBA, the earlier moves are more of the respected money and betters. The secondary moves, you get closer to tip-off. Betters who are getting in late sometimes skews a little bit more public in terms of the money now. We'll say, I don't think public money would move a game line like this in a playoff game about a point and a half, but it does seem like the popular selection here is the New Orleans Pelicans. Again, you got your reservations about Jackson Hayes not being a very good matchup for this team, about them not being a very good half-court team overall. I would think that, too, it worries some the way that the Atlanta Hawks came out in this game one after having to play consecutive, essentially, elimination games. No, they were. They were elimination games playing consecutive elimination games like the Pelicans and Hawks had to do then to go on the road to take on a team like the uh, Phoenix Suns who have very real title aspirations who want to get back uh, to the NBA Finals this coming season. It's a pretty brutal spot here. Now, so from a side perspective, to me, it's going to be Phoenix Suns or pass. As far as some other situations to look at here for this game, you know, one of the things that I'm kind of looking to play against uh, is going to be playing against a guy like Jackson Hayes because I don't think he's going to have a very good role here uh, tonight, And you can see on the board, in terms of Hayes being available, there's not really much um, in that regard in terms of his uh, his player points and, and all of those things. But I think from the standpoint of finding angles to play on player props, finding angles to look at uh, from the standpoint of how do I attack this thing other than the, uh, the line and the total, first quarter as well for the Phoenix Suns was something we discussed in the first hour, which was that angle of this team playing those two elimination games and going on the road against Phoenix and having to play in a situation like this, I don't think bodes very well for the Phoenix Suns, or excuse me, for the New Orleans Pelicans. And I think that would be a pretty good angle to look at too. Not only the Suns on that number that's now down to nine and a half after getting as high to 11, uh, but also looking at playing against them in this situation in the first uh, Pelicans, that is, in the first quarter. But as far as um, Jackson Hayes is concerned, uh, you can find him in terms of rebounds, four and a half shaded to the under at minus 170. Uh, that juice moved toward the under. I think that's very good in terms of uh, playing that. And in, and in conjunction with that, a guy like Larry Nance and playing him over some of these props, whether it's going to be his rebounds, four and a half, which is shaded to the over at minus 145. Not sure if it's going to be in double-double range, but again, Larry Nance, yes, 16 to one to grab a double-double. You're just going to get more run out of Nance, I think, in a matchup like this. He's more athletic. He's not as slow. He can come out in space and guard a few of these guys, at least stay in front of them physically, as opposed to Hayes, who looked a little lost when the Clippers went small and got run off the floor and didn't play into the second half after the 10-minute mark. It's just going to be a more favorable matchup there, and I think that might be the series as we move forward here. I think you're going to see this Pelicans team get a little bit smaller, still putting Nance out there to give you the edge on the glass, but just get a little bit smaller and match up with the Phoenix Suns. So with that, as we move forward, too, we have these Tuesday games that we can discuss really quickly because it's a pretty good Tuesday slate. The game's worth mentioning, the Atlanta Hawks and the Miami Heat in game two, but namely, Minnesota Timberwolves on the road against the Memphis Grizzlies. And to reiterate my strategy here, 
uh, for this series. Was on Minnesota in game one, catching seven. Market's at seven, seven and a half right now. I'm going to be on Minnesota again in game two, but I want to sit back and see what the market does here. And maybe if it gets a little overzealous and if it drives this thing up to eight. Because again, a lot, a lot of people will like the zigzag theory and play on these teams when they don't cover to play them back. Trust me, and we're going to talk about this because uh, it's going to come up. The team down 2 nothing, going back home, first quarter, first half angle, which the juice and uh, value has been sucked out of it by Ozmakers over the last two years, but you'll still hear it. Um, but playing Minnesota again, because in playoff series like this especially, if I feel like the market has not adjusted their power rating accordingly, and I think the market was a little strong here in game one for Memphis, thus played against them in game two, seeing that the mismatches that were out there played in favor of the Timberwolves kind of like expected to the degree that they did, and yet the market coming back in game two and going, no, 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 we're going to bump this up to like seven and a half here, it just doesn't really make that much sense. And then you talk about it again from that home court standpoint. Memphis Grizzlies, four and a half point home favorite in the biggest spread at home against the Minnesota Timberwolves in the regular season. If you want to bump up home court, which was, again, worth about one and a half points in the regular season, you want to bump it up to potentially three, that would get you kind of to seven, seven and a half. Um, but again, I think it's pretty strong given that these two teams split the regular season series, and it was Minnesota, not the Memphis Grizzlies, Minnesota, who, of course, outscored them over the course of 100 possessions by 8.1 points in terms of their net rating. So, I look, it's going to be a tight series. I still think Memphis wins this thing, uh, but that's ultimately going to be a very tight one that I think the market's a little too out ahead on. And then, of course, we get game two between Boston and Brooklyn. That number's already been reset. Boston, a four-point favorite in that game two matchup. So, same point spread total up two points from the open at 226 and a half. A big change, though, there is Ben Simmons looms, and uh, if he maybe can get on the court for the Brooklyn Nets, what that means, but a really good game and a really good series. Boston in that series now only a $1.90 favorite. It's like taking game one and, of course, holding on to home court in that series over the Brooklyn Nets. All right, with that, we are all done here. Two hours of hardwood handicappers of the books. Back tomorrow on The Edge. Good show there. Uh, coming up next, Run Line is coming, so you get a lot of good uh, information and analysis on the Major League Baseball season. So, Stick around for that and everything else we have to offer. And by the way, go to the website too, vcin.com slash JVT, vcin.com in general. You'll find all the podcasts and uh, go to the Major League Baseball website area because guess what? We've got a lot of good write-ups every single day. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. 
Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350-plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. 